Welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast. We're so blessed to be back with you this week. Alyssa, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Father Rob? I'm doing well, doing well. A bit stressed with all the work that we have at the moment. I'm trying to juggle staff, trying to juggle the work that we have in ministry. We're understaffed. <laughs> we have a lot of work. A blessed time for many people. I suppose it's the opposite, eh? People don't have enough work. People are struggling to work. So I have nothing to complain about, but it is quite stressful at the moment. How about yourself? Oh, I can totally feel what you're saying, but you know, you guys are doing an amazing job and um, we just encourage listeners to keep praying for Father Rob and all the staff at FRG Ministry. Um, I'm okay. Um, so we're nearly, we're just over halfway through the stage four lockdown in Melbourne. Um, I think I'm just more excited that winter's over. I'm just really looking forward to the sun coming out. So um, Yes. But it's been so cold lately, like the last few days I had my heater on and it still wasn't enough. Same, same. <laughs> like what's going on? I was, in fact, I was um, having my meetings and I had my night, what do you call it? The bathrobe on really? <laughs> in between meetings and my bathrobe would go for a Zoom meeting and put my bathrobe right back <laughs> on again. <laughs> Crazy. And someone said, even though I don't endorse this guy, I said that they, they I look like Hugh Hefner. Oh, really? with, oh, <laughs> with his bathrobe, we do not we, we do not endorse him. But anyway, no, it was no. just too many. <laughs> so let, let's um, begin this um, podcast this week. I think it's just again such a beautiful ecclesiastical lesson. Okay, there's a lot of ecclesiology. Do you know what that means? Ecclesiology. Church, church. Ecclesia yeah, means ecclesi- church, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and exactly. So it's about the theology of the church. Um, and and how the church is to deal with conflict and how the church is to deal deal with sin. And uh, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about a few things that are, I find quite interesting because to have the words of Jesus speak these. Anyway, we'll go to it. Let's read the, the gospel. Let's try and understand what, what Jesus is saying. And as we um, have this gospel proclaimed to us, just to ask Jesus to speak to your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to influence your heart so that you may listen with the ears of, of, of mission, with the ears of love, with the ears of, of this call to holiness. Okay, so this week's gospel comes from, again, the gospel of Matthew, and it's chapter 18, verses 15 to 20. If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Amen. Amen. And it's interesting, just again, to come to um, con- to, to context. Um, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's again pulled them aside and is trying to teach them. But here's something that's interesting. This gospel, do you, Alyssa, do you know when this gospel was written? Any idea? 
what oh, year it yes, was written. Yes, no, you know how I know this because yeah. I listened to the podcast with you and Georgia. Yes. It was a number of years after Jesus was around. Now, I can't remember yes. the exact number, so you have to refresh Actually, It was memory. written in around AD 80, AD 90. So Jesus yeah. died AD 30, 33, 35, around there, okay? So this was written um, 50 years after Jesus died, okay? So there were stories that were passed on from generation to from people to people, and then they decided to stop, to sit down, to pray, and to bring their minds together to write the Word of God. And in this case, Matthew wrote this. But this is interesting because Jesus here is talking about the church. Now, what do you find strange about that? The church didn't actually exist at this point in time. So the church came into being at Pentecost. That's right. Which is after the resurrection. And so Jesus is still around. So there was practically no church. Yeah, so there, there wasn't because the, the Christ was there. So there was no church. Um, the, the idea of church and the, the name church and came later at Pentecost when they gathered and they were, received the Holy Spirit. So it's interesting that what happens here is that there, was, there must have been an issue in AD 80. There must have been an issue where the church was starting to get a little bit corrupt with sin. It started to get a little bit messy with people um, becoming lax and, and letting things go in their own personal life. And so the Matthew and the church then needed to address it. So what did they do? They took what Jesus said and they brought it into the context of the church. And so here yeah, there's an issue that is in AD 80 that is being proclaimed in, in the mouth, in the context of AD 30 or so. <laughs> okay. Interesting. It doesn't lessen the word. doesn't mean it's less the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean it is less red letter, the words of Jesus. But again, it's a matter of context, where it was written, how it was written, and it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus here is dealing with a number of issues. Uh, let's talk about the issues that Jesus was dealing with here. Yeah, so this this gospel actually comes right after Jesus tells his disciples the parable of the lost sheep. So where the shepherd leaves the 99 and goes to search out for the one. And so what he's doing here is he's encouraging his disciples to have the same attitude as the shepherd, that selfless and yep. determined attitude in going to seek out the lost. Mm. Um, so yeah. it's not a judgment context it's it's about seeking out the lost it's about reaching out protecting those who are in the church but also reaching out to the sinner yeah and this is quite interesting you see it's all about mending relationships it's about bringing the weakness into the open so that not it could be bring about condemnation but so that it could bring about healing and restoration and the salvation not only of the person sinning but also of the entire church, because you see our sin, my sin affects you. My sin affects the church. We can affect the church even if it's not in the open. You see, mm. our sin, the way we hold things down when we sin, we're limiting, we're pulling down, like hold, having strings tied to the ground, stopping the church from being raised up to holiness. And so this is an issue that the church needed to deal with. Because they wanted holiness and they wanted holiness in the person who was sinning, but also in the church as a whole. So there's a process. Now, what's the process? There's a three-step process. Um, And so because there is this three-step process and like um, 
it kind of implies that the person's not going to return to the community without some sort of intervention. And there's such a huge extent of community involvement. We, we kind of know that this gospel is talking about, you know, serious matters. So things, you know, like adultery, idolatry, murder, like even great slander. Mm. So like that three-step process. So we start off with fraternal correction. And so that's mm-hmm. where the offended person would meet with their the person who sinned against them privately. And it's really, it's the most discreet way of doing it. It's It prevents the public embarrassment of the person who sinned against them. And again, it's like what you said, it's not meant to be something that's harsh. It's meant to be done um, as an act of love to help this person right. see their wrongdoing. And it's also, I think, an important aspect of this is that it is personal, hmm. okay, that it is out of love. And this is, I think, a direct... Um, if you interpret it like he went 50 years back, let's go 2,000 years forward where we're hiding behind our keyboard. We call them keyboard warriors, okay? Mm-hmm. People who criticize others publicly, but anonymously, people who are ready to fight. This is what Jesus is saying. This is not how to correct your brother, your sister. You need to meet up with them personally, talk to them personally, because you see, this is the thing that only God judges the heart, the faith um, of a person. But having said this, we cannot judge hearts, but we can judge actions. When someone is doing something wrong, we can judge that they're doing a wrong action. And it's our responsibility as a church to judge those wrong actions so that we can protect ourselves and the the ones around us. Yes, but just because someone does something bad, we cannot judge that they're doing it out of a bad heart or that mm. they are out of a bad... You see, like you have people who are calling each other heretics and they're calling each other bad people and to stay away and I hate this person, I cannot stand this person. No, you see, the actions can be get bad. The things they say can be bad. But only God, only God can judge a heart because sometimes people do wrong actions out of the right reasons. Mm. Okay? Uh, maybe because they don't know. Maybe because they don't understand. Maybe it's ignorance. Maybe... It's uh, who knows? God knows the heart. And so he's saying, go to them and listen, listen to their heart, listen to their side of the story, listen, and then have this conversation. But then if this conversation doesn't work, then what? (laughs) Well, um, you get some, get a couple of other people on board. So this is where we go to the witnesses. And so this was considered to be, you know, one or two others, any, any adult Christian. And I guess this is to kind of protect the pers- anyone against unfair accusations. Um, and it didn't necessarily need to be a witness to the offence itself, but it was more so a witness to the fact that this process and this procedure was being undertaken in the correct way. And so because there's more than one person involved, it's meant to heighten the sinner's awareness of the seriousness of the situation. Exactly. And it's meant to like click in their brains, oh, okay, maybe I do need to repent of this. Mm. So again, it's about, uh, it's not to make sure that it's not an emotional bias, that they Mm. don't, it's not a a person, even though it is personal, it's not a personal between you and me, it's a personal again now between um, what is, what the church teaches, what is right and what is objectively right and the actions that are wrong, not the person that's wrong, but the action that is wrong. And so there's this community that comes there to talk with love and with truth. But then, if that doesn't work... Yeah. We've got to go one step high and we've got to go to the church. And um, if that doesn't work, I guess the person is considered to be a non-believer. Jesus uses those words Gentile mm-hmm. and tax collector, and that's like a code word. I love that. It's like a code word for um, a non-believer. And so mm. 
this person's excluded from the community. But again, it, it sounds like it's really harsh, but it's if you look at it from a different perspective, it's meant to, if the, per, if the sinner is placed outside of the circle, it's meant to be an awakening um, yes. and it's meant to give hope that they're actually going to repent. And so the fact that they're outside of the circle, it's meant to motivate them. Okay, again, maybe I need to rethink my actions and I need to take the right steps to come back into the community. Exactly. And again, it's not condemnation. It's not to bring about condemnation, but it's about bringing conviction, Mm. about bringing a sense of I need to come back to the community. I need to come back into the circle. And it's not about being kicked outside of the church. It's just think about it on a personal level, even not on an ecclesial level. If someone does you harm and is abusing you and is, is putting you down and you can confront them and say, listen, stop doing this. What you're doing is wrong and it's causing me harm. Sometimes people stop. They do stop, you know, when they're, because they don't realize what they're doing when they're doing this. But then if they don't, and then what you do is maybe you bring in, in a relationship, you can bring in a psychologist, you can mm-hmm. bring in people around to help with this. And then if that doesn't work and the abuse still continues, then it is not a lack of forgiveness to walk away because you don't want to spend your life being abused. You don't want to spend your life being put down. You don't want to spend your life being your, with your dignity being taken away. Mm-hmm. And so there's that walking away, giving the time for rehabilitation maybe for the other person, but always keeping an open heart for the person to come back. Now, that's one way of looking at it, to keep protect the abuse and to protect the harm being done. But also the second thing is to protect the church from scandal. Okay, Maybe your heart is good, but your actions are causing scandal. Now, I need to protect the little ones. This is what Jesus says. If you cause one of these little ones to sin, it would be better for a millstone to be hung around your neck and you'd be thrown into the ocean. That's brutal. That's crazy. That's like murderous. You know, and this is what Jesus is saying. He says, don't cause scandal. So the church also has the responsibility to protect its little ones. And that is why we have to, again, as a church needs to say, hey, listen, uh, and bishops sometimes do that. They declare this person is not teaching on behalf of the church. This person is not doing the right thing. This person, and and it is the bishops uh, or the parish priests or whatever um, to decide um, in a sense, how they're going to protect their sheep. Yeah. Which is a bit brutal, eh? It's scary, but it's a reality. Yeah. So this is where we're at when it comes to, um, when it comes to forgiveness. But there's never, ever, in Jesus' words, never a sense of hopelessness. Always a sense of restoration. Always a sense of coming back from, uh, from sin to, to a God of love. And God will never, ever give up on us. Never. Even when the church gives up on you, even when people give up on you, God will never give up on you. And this is why, this is what the scripture is showing and the beauty of God's mercy and God's love bringing us back. Amen. Amen. So the scripture continues where two or more agree on something, but maybe we'll talk about that when we talk about the topic. Why don't we go... Why don't we, do you have a a blessing in your life? We usually have when we go, before we go into the topic, which is going to be, what's our topic this week? We're going to talk about community and the power of community. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Do you have a blessing, something in your life, something to praise God, praise report? Yeah, I love these. And I really enjoy listening to um, George's ones as well. Um, I would say I I love like connections and dates. Like I'm obsessed with things that just Mm. click, like. My husband thinks I'm crazy when I talk about 
God incidences. Like, but I, I don't know. I just love it. And so I, I'm home. So in lockdown, and so I've been spending a lot of time looking back over things that have happened. And this week's a year to the day where I was feeling pretty, pretty um, sick with some pretty bad anxiety. And um, when I look over the whole year, I'm just super grateful for God's faithfulness and goodness throughout that whole time. And um, yeah, I just love all the connections and how um, what a big year it's been. Yeah. Amazing. Do you journal? No, not really. I kind of use my Instagram as a bit of a journal, my calendar. Oh, okay. Like I, I can look at things that I've done and look at my photos and just... Yeah, you remember uh, the, what you went through. Um, that's good. You have a good memory. I know, I, it's I journal. crazy. It's really bad. <laughs> I, I journal every day, so I write down where my heart is every morning and I, I write it as a letter to Jesus every morning. This is where my heart is, Jesus. This is what I desire. This is what I'm where I'm lacking. And I speak to God first thing in the morning. I journal first thing in the morning with my coffee and then I spend time praying. <laughs> um, I think that's that's a beautiful thing to praise God for. No, but I think le- uh, that joke, okay? Tell me. Uh, here's, here's the question. Why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? I don't know. Because it was too tired. Ah. Not bad, not bad. Not too bad, but not too bad. These are a hit. Listeners, you need to tell us, are you liking the dad jokes? Yes, we have to know We'd that. We'd love to know. <laughs> a, a, a few people are cringing, but still liking it. You Admit it. You, you, you love it. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about community. Okay. This is, um, Jesus brings about this sense of community <laughs> where two or more agree on something um, there, um, I, I will answer. Okay. Can I just say something about this? Yep. Just recently, um, uh, we ran um, a novena where we had like a thousand people praying with us over nine days. Like we prayed every day and the title was um, a novena praying together for nine days for the end to the coronavirus. Nine days passed, we prayed and there's no end to the coronavirus. So where does this fit in? Where two or more agree on something in my name, which we agreed in Jesus' name. Why is the coronavirus not ended when FRG ministry was praying? <laughs> Doesn't Jesus know who we are? <laughs> Don't you know who I am, Lord? Why aren't you hearing my prayer? Why? Why hasn't Jesus heard our prayer? Well, I will answer that because if you look at the, the YouTube videos, Alyssa's looking at like, I don't know. Well, first of all, God has heard the prayer. But answering, um, uh, speaking in, in prayer to agree on something, doesn't. it's not about God. It's sort of, we come two or more together, therefore you have to answer our prayer. No, it, first of all, he's talking about prayer in community, okay? That prayer is also so important for us to pray together. But prayer is not causing, it, it's not about our prayer uh, being selfish about our needs. But praying for the pandemic to end was not a selfish need. But can I tell you this, after this time of prayer, so many people felt a sense of consolation and a sense of trust that God was in control. Because it's not about our prayers being answered, but it's about surrender. It's about uh, asking God for the strength to endure. You know, Jesus at Gethsemane prayed, Jesus, Father, please take this cup away from me. And the Father didn't. But you know what? He found the strength to endure there. He found the strength to endure. And I just, this is what prayer is. It's about community coming together and together finding the strength to turn to Jesus to endure. 
And Agreed. so what are your thoughts? And yeah, it's, it's, community. A perfect, it's a perfect segue into community. And so when we think about it, you know, God really did make, he made us for community. And mm. so communion and community is something that comes from God. And isolation and division is something that comes from the devil, I think. And when we th- we've been talking a little bit about heaven over the last few weeks as well. And heaven's going to be the most intense community, communal experience because we're going to be one in Jesus. And our unity yeah. is a really great witness to the world, I think. Um, so that's one thing about community. God made us for community. The second thing yeah. about community, um, encounters with other Christians constitute a legitimate meeting with the Lord, as we just saw in um, yes. that gospel reading, if two or more are gathered in my name, I am present with among them. Yeah, and, and the so, presence of God, that's everything. Hey, God is present. He's present. Not in ways we necessarily think he's present, but he's present. He's present in the hypocrisy of others. He's, in pre- he's present in the, in the joy of others. He's present in the stories of others. So many ways as a community. Definitely. And so when we gather together, that builds up the body of Christ. So we gather together and we can encourage each other. Another thing about community is that it holds us accountable. So the more we get to know people, you know, the Mm -hmm. more we know their struggles and we can we can see what's going on in their lives and the more we can encourage them to be Christ like. Yeah, I think that's really important. And then, you know, it's always great when you pray with other people because when you have circle circles of friends that rally around you to pray for you, you know, their intercession, that's powerful. Um, you know, we think about Jesus healing the paralytic. You know, it was it was the friends of this paralytic that brought this person to Jesus. That's right. Intercede for what, them. Yeah. And that's what a, a Christian community does. A Christian community um, doesn't carry them to doesn't carry won't carry you to your themselves, but they carry you to Jesus. Yes. And that's what the, that's what community is. And I love this. They will do whatever it takes in your brokenness, in your weakness. Like we said, even the first part that this is what they're correcting their brother, correcting their sister for the sin. It's not about sort of getting rid of the person because they sin. No, I'm going to carry you to Jesus. I'm going to do whatever it takes. First, I'm going to have this conversation. Then I'm going to have the others come into this conversation. Then I'm going to bring you as a church, try and bring you back. But then if you don't want to go to Jesus, then I'm not going to force you to go to Jesus. But don't stop the rest of the community from going to Jesus. And so this is what the, there's there's a limit to the way to how far we can carry um, the people to Jesus if they don't want to go. Exactly. So this is, yeah, the beautiful role of community that we carry each other to Jesus. I love that. Perfect. Uh, and if I, uh, I I was just thinking while you were saying that, like that time last year when I was like so full of anxiety, I felt so far from God, and it wasn't something that I wanted to. I didn't want to go to God on my own, but it was the people that I had around me that just as you said, carried me to Jesus and, you know, my faith became so much stronger in that moment, I think. Yes. Um, and it's it's hard at the moment. You know, a lot of us are isolated and it's really hard to, we can't go to mass. You know, we're not yes. seeing our friends as we usually would. And so how do we, how do we foster this sense of community in isolation? Um, so I was thinking about a few ways that um, we could encourage the listeners to do that. So, um you know, text or call someone who shares your faith and talk about what God's doing in your life. You know, you can organize Zoom rosaries and Zoom prayer sessions. I've been doing heaps of that lately. Even, you know, online study um, groups, you know, you can study the Bible, you can study different topics of our faith, discuss it together on Zoom. 
even you organize like mass dates with with people like i'm going to watch this live stream mass and let's watch it together uh mm. friends and i you know often send screenshots to each other i can see you watching with me um and then i've got a i've got a few friends as well who like every morning they're constantly sending you know inspirational christian things on social media um and as much as this time is so difficult we can really use it let's instead of focusing on the negative let's try and focus on the positive and use this time to do to grow and discover new ways of connecting, I think. Yes. And so again, even being in isolation is no excuse for no community. Hmm. We need community. We do, just because we're in isolation doesn't mean we stop needing each other. We stop needing the community, the church. We need each other. And that's why we need to fight for things. Again, we have these online masses. Again, we have Zoom meetings. Again, we have all of these things that we can do, we try and do. Um, getting pray together as a family that's a community you know that's the church in fact the first the churches used to meet in families that's where the church began it didn't begin in churches as we know it yeah so and this you know, is so, mm-hmm. oh, I was gonna say you know you spoke about how God didn't answer your prayer to end the pandemic but what if we flipped our um, perception of that you know I think God might be using this time to show us how we can connect better I think a blessing of this time has been to see how much the Catholic Church has stepped mm. up in terms of this community. Like I never would have, you know, gotten online with Catholic friends to discuss things as regularly as I do now if mm-hmm. coronavirus hadn't have happened. Yes, and th- this is so important, things that I've picked up as well. You know, I, I'm isolated here, but my, last year I was isolated too. As I say, like I traveled 300 days a year and I was in hotel rooms and in presbyteries and in different places. And so that has also taught me as well to connect with a regular community as well as I continue, um, maybe I'll start traveling again, who knows. But yeah. it has taught me as well the importance of community even when we are isolated. So we can reach out, we should reach out. No matter how busy we are, no matter how distracted we are, we need to make time. Make, not find the time, make the time for, the com- for community. That's right. Okay, this week, do we have a challenge we for do. our listeners? We do. I think in relating to what we've been talking about, we want to challenge the listeners to do something to foster community even though, um, this week, even though you're in isolation. And depending mm-hmm. on wherever you are in the world, like that might be, what if you texted and called someone different? Or what if you rang someone and said, hey, let's pray the rosary together? Um, do something to foster community, I think, this Amen. week. Okay, so that's a great challenge, something that we can do. And if you'd like to share about your challenge, you can send us an email at podcast at frgministry.com or if you'd like to leave a comment underneath the challenge on Instagram, it's at Catholic Influencers underscore at FRG Ministry. Um, where else can they contact us? What did you say? You said <laughs> the website frgministry.com forward slash podcast and frgministry.com forward slash church online. That's right. Um, yeah. So if you'd like some more resources, again, we have an amazing course that's going on that Alyssa was very much part of. Um, it's called Knowing Mary. If you'd like to follow that course, which is, uh, we're getting so much feedback. Like I'm getting, we're getting about 10 emails a day um, about this course. It's just incredible. Um, So um, frgministry.com forward slash Knowing Mary and get excited for our new course, which is going to come out very soon about prayer, school on prayer. So different ways to pray. Actually, it's going to be a whole school of prayer. How do you pray when you're at home? Anyway, that's coming out soon. 
Okay, let's just, we'll finish off here. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Alyssa, for co-hosting. Amazing. She does, and Georgia does a lot of work to prepare for this podcast. So pray for them. Pray that God's blessing be on them as well. And we love to serve you. God bless you. And have a good day, good night, good afternoon, wherever you are. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye.